Hello everyone and welcome to the uh, the latest Echo 7 podcast uh, with me Phil Kirkbride and we're uh, mob, adi- mob handed this afternoon, usual suspects Greg O'Keefe and Tony Scott but uh, top statsman Gav Buckland and uh, Echo's Ian Crawler with us as well today, um, plenty to discuss, plenty to sort of chew over uh, after a sort of terrific weekend and obviously we'll start with the Chelsea win I think Greg, when we spoke last week we were, uh, we were worried weren't we but we didn't need to be did we? No, I'd love to say that I had some sort of prophecy there and I bounced into Goodison Park full of optimism thinking that that would happen. I absolutely didn't, as people who've listened to the uh, predictions. I did go for an Everton 2-1 win. More out of kind of... <laughs> I had some hopeful optimism than anything else, but I just I couldn't, I, I could never see a result like that coming. And now, having had that sort of shock gift to, to us all, it does two things. It gives us a huge lift into the next fixture. Fixtures... But it also ramps up expectations, I suppose, doesn't it, ahead of uh, the game at Swansea, yeah. but what yeah. a game. Yeah, that's a fair point. I don't think we've had the credit we deserve for yeah. performance yeah, yeah. on Saturday. I think most of the focus after the game was about Chelsea's shortcomings, didn't do this, didn't do that, it's not working for Mourinho, but what it didn't really reflect was the fact that Everton played really well and scored three really well-crafted goals as well, didn't he? They weren't down to direct mistakes, they were really... You know, great passion and movement for, for all the goals, and I just don't think we've had enough credit for the... Uh, for the win on Saturday, as, which is disappointing. As much as Everton were very good on the day, Chelsea were poor. We didn't expect that kind of performance from us, to be honest. But as Will Gav was saying, though, is that as much down to they're not playing as well as they should be, but equally Everton were organised, solid, you know, didn't give anything away. Was that, yeah. was it, you know? I think it was a bit, a bit of a mix, but as I said, a bit of a stroke of luck, obviously, with the Bessage coming off. And obviously a forced design to bring um, Stephen Naismith on. So about time we had a bit of a bit of a look, especially under Roberto Martinez. So yeah, it was pleasing to see. That was the biggest thing for me, to be honest. Obviously, I was delighted with the win, mm. but the performance in general it just looked like a completely different Everton to last season. It really did. And you know, going into the Swansea game now, just like it looks like we're flying. It's early days. Obviously, don't yeah. want to get too too ahead of ourselves, but it really does. I mean, how important was it, kind of? And uh, Michael Ball mentioned it in his column. Actually, it was quite interestingly that to get that home win because it kind of just it had fallen over from last season. It was United was the last time. Goodison had been a bit toxic last season. I think that's almost going to be a watershed moment. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a bit, a bit toxic this season. Wasn't it after the first half against Watford? Yeah. Was it a few boos? Wasn't it at half time? You know, um, and I think it is important. The, the game I sort of reminded me a bit on on Saturday Chelsea games when we beat Arsenal two one in two thousand two. You know, when scored win the last minute and it was a similar type of atmosphere around the ground at the end and sort of we beat the champions then we beat the champions on Saturday that sort of served as the springboard then to have that really good first full season with the boys and just hoping that has the same effect for the rest of this campaign I'll tell you what as well if you look you know Everton you can pick holes in any team start to the season but Everton scoring goals this season they came back off the ropes two goals at Watford three away at Southampton three against Chelsea you know, Barnsley, they scored a hatful. Whatever they're doing in terms of attacking, cutting edge, and, and they still probably do need, I still feel they, they lack that number 10. Yeah. And I still think that was a, you know, a major problem, not solving that issue during the summer transfer window. But credit where it's due, they're finding a way to score goals, and they've got loads of attacking talent on the bench. What do you think the difference is this season? Because they are creating a lot more chances at home compared to last season and we've been screaming out for number 10 what do you think's changed? Well it's interesting as me and you spoke about you know our concern that nothing would change if he carried on playing Barry and McCarthy as a yeah. two and so far I could have seen he sort of has still played Barry and McCarthy mm. but I think there's been a slight sea change in the way the manager sends them out I think maybe 
there is a bit more of a directive to kind of move towards a 4-3-3 fluidly in games. Yeah. And it's happening. You're seeing Aruna Kone. He's been a massive yeah, hit. I'd say you'd laugh, but he, I think he's been a massive difference. Yeah. Phil, Phil's currently, he was the sole member of the Aruna Kone. <laughs> he's now sending badges out all over the world. He's, 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 uh, he's loving it. He's coining it. But, you know, he, that's not, you know, he's made a big difference, hasn't he? It's interesting you say there on Barry and McCarthy. For me, James McCarthy hasn't done very much well this season. Maybe just me, but he, he's nowhere near the player he on was. On his high standards. Yeah, obviously, season. yeah, from what he said, especially the first season was at Everton. I just don't think he's been at it this season. I think as well, just to touch on what you were saying, the question is, what's the difference? I think mm. individual performances as well. Yeah. I think the fact that, you know, last season, I don't want to label anyone as a scapegoat, but Gareth Barry was not a scratch last season. Yeah. This season, you know, along with probably eight or nine players, you know, they've been fantastic. You can just roll them off your tongue. There's, um, Bar- there's Barkley, Coleman, Stones, Jagielka. You know, they've all lifted the game. Yeah. And I think, you know, okay, you can talk about tactics and talk about what Martinez has said to them, but the players look like they're hungry and they look like they want yeah, it. Did, didn't you notice a difference down our right side to see Coleman back at his best? Yeah, definitely. It, definitely. You know, when he's flying, obviously, you know, we're missing Baines. He's still, although Brendan Galloway certainly isn't letting anyone Galloway's down. Another one. Yeah. However. To have them flying full-backs that we had in the first season under Roberto, well, at least Coleman's looking like he's going to be captured those levels. Good against Man City, Phil said he was you know, arguably Evans' yeah. best player, and he was sensational against Chelsea. Diego Costa, he just, it, Diego Costa was out of all game, and Seamus kind of didn't let it ruin his focus. I'd say won that personal yeah. battle yeah. and caused them all sorts. I think, think Seamus kind of went under the radar in pre-season a little bit. He just he was he was like that in in from the summer really from July onwards he was playing like that and it just kind of it almost didn't get picked up on really but I think he's just carried that form on and you know people talk about the lessons of last season Roberto speaks about that a lot and I think Seamus by his own admission probably wasn't didn't feel he was at his peak last season but he's hit the ground running or something. I think the thing for us this season is and I think it's been the case with Roberto in his last you know his two campaigns so far is. By and large, we do quite well against the big clubs at Goodison. We yeah. scored quite a few goals against yeah. them. We scored three against Chelsea last two seasons. We scored three and two against Arsenal. We scored three and two against Manchester United. Yeah. We scored three against Liverpool a couple of years ago. Mm. Where we struggle at Goodison is the team who will just sit, sit back, back and wait for us and, yeah. and wait for us to attack. And, and I think you know that's that's to do well this season. It's got to sort of try and solve that problem really. Yeah. Against the bigger teams, we give you a bit more space. I think we're, you know, more incapable of. They're going to attack even more, well. aren't they? Than your West Broms, your Wofords. Yeah, that's where you're Swansea looking to as well. Who um, will? Who will just sit, sit back? Yeah. And I think I don't know whether that was the feeling about light strength and the you know the wide, or the wide players yeah. the, you know, over the postseason. Yeah. Just give us a few more options because that you know we have struggled against yeah. that, and yeah. we have not scored. We scored more goals against, against the bigger teams than what we have done against the smaller teams. It yeah. sounds perverse, but I think I'd be fully convinced. That this Everton team was going to achieve something this season once we've got the scalp of a, a West Brom, if you like, yeah. or someone who's going to come to Goodison. So, Sunderland in November is a big one. Yeah, yeah. sit back. Yeah. And if we can beat can them, them prove they've yeah. got they've finally found the formula to do that, yeah. then I'll really think, you know what, we can achieve something. Do you want to see that? Go on. We've gone 65 league games without scoring four or more goals in a, in a match, which is the second longest run in the history. And that just shows you that we do score goals, but as I say, what we're missing, Greg, is what you're saying is that real, you know, hammer that you say, yeah, yeah. where it builds confidence up and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, that's what you're looking for, spot on, really, like, it's to come away from Goodison, having beaten 
somebody fired me yeah. up. That's to be lived. Couldn't hide it. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, and I think that's where you can just sort of build off the back of that. And they've, they've missed that under... Under the I mean, to be fair, there was not many occasions of the boys where we went around being people fired. I think, though, as well, it's down to consistency. Like you said, we beat the teams, the big teams, but then we may have gone and lost the next game. I think Swansea, even though it's early days, you know, it's going to be a big step if we beat Swansea because in this league, it looks like teams are just beating everyone. Yeah. You know, we've, we've lost we've lost the game against City, do you know what I mean? But if we go on and beat Swansea and then beat Red, the games are just going to start coming thick and yeah, fast then. Yeah. One thing that was pleasing to see from the last home game was that we've got a strong bench now. You have Morales and Delafeu. Even though we've got a couple of injuries, the bench is very strong now to make changes. Naismith come on there, There's got Delafeu, Morales. You're not looking at the old Deadwood from years gone by. There's a freshness now we can attack teams. It was pleasing to see a nice strong bench. With utmost respect to the time when last season, certainly under Martinez's first season, you'd see like Tony Hibbert to be on the bench every game. Yeah. Now, again, and I, I can't emphasize this enough with utmost respect, there's no sort of deadwood on the bench really. No, no one's kind of like cheating the place on that bench. Yeah. Everyone there can, can come on and change the game. Yeah, quite easily. Yeah. Well, that that sort of theme about you know the, the lessons from last season got brings us neatly on to something Roberto said this week. Obviously about the benefits of not being in Europe this season, and obviously this time last year it was we were going into the Wolfsburg game at home and and and, and Lille and what have you and stuff. I mean. I mean, Gav, we'll start with you, mate. Do you think it is a benefit of Everton not being in Europe this season? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> it is for the sake of the Premier League, whether it's yeah. good for the, the club in terms mm. of its value and image yeah. and so on and so forth is a slightly different question. I think, obviously, in terms of the Premier League, it is, because we're not playing midweek, um, you know, six times before Christmas or the qualifying mm. rounds. But in terms of the image of the club and wanting to be seen as a big club and mm. qualifying for Europe every year and buying players off the back of that, yeah. I don't think it's a good thing. I think yeah. there's two there's two slightly different things going on. Uh, I personally would rather see us in Europe. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's good for the players. I think it's good for the fans. Um, I don't really buy this argument that I'd rather not yeah. play playing there. I think I think you've got to be in there. To, to, to progress as a club. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, Martin has sort of hinted that he felt that this was a necessary step away this season in terms of the long-term project and stuff. I mean, can you understand, given that like Sundays were horrendous last season, weren't they? Just you feared Sunday games, didn't you? No, I mean, I want to be in Europe. That's the be-all and end-all. That's where you want to be, whether it's Europa League or Champions League. But just to touch on Roberto's comments, I think Roberto just finds the positives in anything. It doesn't matter what it is, you know. If you've broken your ankle, it's it's like, well, it's a good it's a good break that. <laughs> so whereas, you know, we're not in Europe. He's, he's seeing the positive in it. I think I remember last season when we were in Europe and results weren't going our way. I think he was saying, well, Europe, European football is benefiting us. I think that was one of his comments um, last season. But you know, we've got a clean break. It's just Premier League and cup matches now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I want. I'd rather be in Europe, and you know, for the Everton name to be, you know, all around Europe, playing against the big teams. Just picking on the back what you said there, just to hammer home the message of our ever, ever optimistic and philosophical manager. He's out now, also saying that the good parts of our form this season. He's never shy to say it was formed on the back of the experiences last season yeah, when yeah. we were in Europe yeah. and having to play Thursdays, Sundays. So it's one big kind of happy circle of positivity in, in Roberto's kind of output to the media, but. I think we know why why he does that. It's a tactic, whether it grates or not. Maybe it has a good effect on the squad. All I would say is that, in a sense, it's a vicious circle because it's lovely to have the chance now to focus on the Premier League and, for the time being, the League Cup. Definitely. And I'm sick of saying, I'm sure everyone will agree with me, 
Everton should put everything into winning that League Cup yeah. and try and get themselves a long, long overdue trophy. However, if we were in Europe, then we probably would have gone out at Barnsley, let's be honest, or we'd be going out yeah. at Reading. Yeah. So it seems to me a vicious circle. When are you going to get to the point whereby, and Martinez would say it, well, he said it last season, he said we were big enough to cope with all those demands and they patently weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Are we going to be? I mean, if we have a tremendous season, which there's little side we might do, we qualify for the Europa League. Come next season, are we going to be able to focus, you know, sort of fight on for front stand? I, I don't know. I, I think I think I think it's a. I'm talking generally here, not necessarily about Evan. I think sometimes it's used as a, uh, you know, a bit of an excuse. Or you know, like results fall off and people say, "Oh, playing in the Europa League." I remember our, our best season under Moyes when we looked the strongest was 2007-8, where we finished fifth in the league. Played um, in the what it was the UEFA Cup then, uh, qualifying round, matching the UEFA Cup, got knocked out against Fiorentina, so we're still in Europe in the March. Reached the semi finals of the yeah. uh, of the League Cup, and our, our strongest point of that season was when we were in all three competitions simultaneously. Getting momentum there. Yeah, the season sailed off after we got beat against yeah. Fiorentina, we, we scraped fifth in the end, but yeah. we were really in the you know the top four up until the middle of March, you know. And I think, you know, you can, if you do well, you can build momentum. I think that, I don't know whether it's a psychologically negative mindset that yeah. people just get into around Europe, just generally speaking, because it's, a, it's used as a, an excuse yeah. too I mean, conveniently for it's, me. It's you know? only as a Chelsea or the last English club of the last 15, 20 years that have won the Europa League. They had the squad yeah. to do it. Yeah. It's highly unlikely squads in England, especially with the Premier League, the pace of it. Um, to be able to adapt into the Europa League Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday it's quite difficult isn't it I mean, and when you get out those groups sorry, you get out those group stages which is hard work as it is yeah, yeah. you win it or whatever and you've got so many other yeah. qualifying mm-hmm. get, sorry, games to get towards potential finals against good sides by yeah. the way yeah, it's, yeah. In, it's interesting to know what people think because Apart from an absolute capitulation in Kiev, everything had been going to plan, hadn't it? In Europe, well, that, you know what I mean. Yeah. You were talking about yeah. Europe; it had been going to plan. And we played as well, hadn't we? In Europe, after, after Young yeah. Boys away, I was convinced myself. Booking yeah. the flights to Warsaw, you know, <laughs> one of those. That was only that stag too, wasn't it? But I mean, we beat Wolfsburg home and away, didn't we? And they were the yeah. up last year yeah, yeah. in the Bundesliga, you know, um, and we comfortably beat them home and away as well. And um, so I, I just, I don't know. I, I think the biggest excuse is yeah. the travelling and the, and the Thursday mm, Sunday. Yeah, that a lot. Yeah. I don't know. You know, Champions League sometimes it's still Wednesday, Saturday. That's right, it? isn't it? Yeah. Whether it has a different effect, I don't know. You're playing catch up on the rest of the team. You are playing catch up. You, you definitely you are. Yeah. Just getting back to what I've said earlier as well, though, about as a as a theme, the club should be in Europe. I do think the Europa League is getting a gradually growing respect amongst European clubs, and I do think you've got to sort of be in there to have your name, your brand, if you like. Don't forget Everton are trying to find a new owner at the moment. They're trying yeah, to yeah. find naming rights for a potential new stadium one day, perhaps, to try to get investment, so we're told. So we need to see that. They need to be out there competing in in the spotlight, in, in the big competitions. All right, if it's not going to be the Champions League for now, the Europa League, you know, clubs need to see that Everton badge. Yeah, well, I think it was uh, Neil Jones, one of our colleagues, who wrote a piece in the summer about how Everton should almost look at Sevilla as a kind of inspiration, a similar-sized club within their domestic league, and they've gone and won the Europa League back-to-back. Look at the budgets, look at well, Everton's exactly, budget yeah. compared to Sevilla, yeah, exactly. there's no comparison. And they've had, they've had really good teams. And you go straight into the Champions League now. Exactly, that's, that's probably that's easier to actually yeah. win it. They've won it four times in ten years, haven't they, yeah. Sevilla? And uh, I'd say similar size, and they buy and sell players really well. I think that's, that's the key. I think 
teams should be looking for what they've gone to the Champions League this year on the back of winning the uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 last year. Won, didn't they win, they won on Tuesday night? Sevilla, did they win? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that, that Champions League place for the final or yeah. losing finals is, a, is yeah. a bit of a... Yeah, this, this is a whole nother podcast but I'll just maybe conclude this section on the fact that you've just said something really interesting Sevilla buy and sell players really well if Sevilla had Jonas Stones or whatever <laughs> yeah, 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 then yeah. he would have gone to Real Madrid or Barcelona and they would have redisputed the money on buying four or five players who might get them towards the Europa League yeah. but that's a whole different yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. I've made up of course that John Stones stayed yeah. and played a huge part in Chelsea yeah. it's I, I, different you know yeah, horses absolutely. for courses but. the final thing on the Europa League I'm sure there must be scope in the calendar to, to play to play the Europa League in the weeks they don't play the Champions League so they play the Europa League on a Wednesday I know they have international yeah, teams, you, but, do you know well. about selling and they're now talking about another competition yeah. coming off the back of the Europa League yeah. for those people who are getting off those early so a third competition you think that within, if they're going to do that then the scope to, in the calendar to play the Europa League on a Wednesday Tuesday Wednesday like the Champions League yeah. which will make it more attractive and get away from this thing of playing yeah. Thursday is that when the Champions League games are on, is it? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't see that. I mean, yeah. I can see that happening if they really wanted to do it properly. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. then that would sell it to clubs better. Yeah. But we, we feel it more than, going back to Sevilla, is that their pace is a lot slower. You yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Premier League, it's just, you'll have to adapt to it. Yeah. The La Liga, what are you playing? Two or three yeah. typical games a season. No, it's a great league, I think, to play, and it's a great, you know, but the pace is slower, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Premier League, where it's... You know, it's it's a top, and I think that's that's the difference about yeah. why they do better. Plus, they do buy great players as well. Yeah. So, uh, so moving it on then to the sort of first section of the podcast, and a team that obviously sort of capitalised on Everton's difficulties in the Premier League last season to finish above them, Swansea. Ian, we go down there on Saturday. Um, have you been impressed or surprised by the way Swansea have played this season and sort of carry on the back of last season? I don't think I've been surprised because they, they did well last season, didn't they? And they kind of took it on this season, right, despite the defeat of Watford at the weekend. Um, but, you know, Evan have got a good record against Swansea. Um, obviously, the 3-0 defeat in the club last season, the best, uh, less said about that, the better. Um, but two draws again last season, and, uh, you know, I'm positive going in. I just think, you know, early days, but you know, there's a buzz. There's a buzz around the place. And I just think that... We should be going there, despite Swansea being a really good team and you know getting away. Really should. Greg, who's impressed you? AU's their new their new sort of star signing this summer, and he's sort of hit the ground running, hasn't he? He has, yeah. Probably the sort of player, and I sound like you know, never happy with unless it's raining. But the sort of player I would like to see in Everton. You know, looking at really, he looks like he's a real player. Yeah. Fantastic bit of uh, bit of acquisition and recruitment from from Swansea. Who've, you know. Look like a really, really well, well-run club, mm. the cracking stadium, and um, yeah, I think it, at most neutrals would say they, they, they like it. most things about Swansea. Really, mm. um, been really impressed with John Joe Shelby. I have to say, I, I always did like him, even though even when he was playing for a lot across the park, I did see a player there. Yeah, and uh, what is what's impressed me? How many players go backwards when they leave Liverpool? They come there with loads of potential and they just never manage to capitalise on that. For me, he will go again, in the words of another central midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's back in the England squad. He looks like he's a real box-to-box presence. He's got that drive, he's got a skill, he's big. You know, For me, maybe he's a player who's a few years ahead of Ross Barkley and certainly development. Ross could be all that and more, and I think he's, you know, Ross will be better, much better than John Joe Selby. But, I like Swansea and I like the manager. Yeah, it's interesting to say about John Joe Shelby, speaking to a lot of Liverpool fans, they were gutted when he left. 
And to be fair, he's walking their team right now. Oh, yeah. so to be honest, yeah, really, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know what he reminds me of? Thomas Gravison in more ways than one. You know, <laughs> he's playing style and he's a bit all over the place. Yeah. 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 Like he's playing he a bit of a holding role for Swansea yeah. now, isn't it? He's adapting yeah. to it quite even well. His, even his gait is similar. Yeah. Yeah. He, just, he just reminds me in so many different ways, apart from the obvious of. of, yeah. of of Gravison, maybe not, maybe not Tommy's finesse. Yeah. You know, but uh, what are his main attributes for me? though, is his passing, his range of passing. Uh, he just picks a pass out, and it's just whether it's long range, whether he's not just like playing an easy pass. He's always looking for that killer ball. Everyone's gonna have to get on top of him. I was gonna say, just gonna make special get, allowance yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah I'd say that. we have to because he's making them tick at the moment, isn't he? He's starting the passes off. So Evan are gonna have to push James McCarthy or making sure he's gonna have to mark um, Ross Barkley. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think they feel like Gareth Barry maybe then. It will be, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll hold my hands up after last week I did, I, I slagged him off. But um, as I said, we've, we've got to need to see them performances continuously. Do you know what I mean? He said he was great Gareth Barry against Chelsea, against um, Chelsea, he really was. So we'll hold my hands up on that one, but let's see how he does well. And <laughs> Phil's grinning here the next to me. So um, no, let's see, let's see, um, let's see him carry it on as um, between the form. Well, Phil, I mean, obviously you're going to be heading over there, making a long journey with Prano to uh, yeah. to Liberty Stadium, uh, and not too long. I mean, where do you think Everton can win the game? Like, where do you think it'll kind of be won or lost? Well, I, I remember obviously last season they won all and. Everton were in control that game largely after Swansea made a really positive start and then Everton got the foot on the ball when Pienaar came on I think Swansea will let you play you know that old cliche about letting you play and I think if, if they can control the ball I think they control the game and I think that it's, it's a very open type of game and I think you've got to kill the crowd almost but again in a very sort of cliche but it's true because they'll get behind them and it, they'll, they'll, they'll sort of fuel a kind of atmosphere they did when they got back into the game with that daft penalty last season and he kind of turned it on his head but you know I think so see, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying there. However, do you not think Everton might say, "Well, we'll let Swansea have the ball and counter-attack them like they did against yeah, Southampton"? They could, yeah, they probably. That's when I enjoyed watching well, yeah. the most. Yeah, that's I yeah, love watching totally the counter attacks It's a similar, similar game against similar opponents, isn't it? The Southampton yeah. game, isn't it really? And I think also as well, Swansea had a great start to the season, but they got beat at Watford last week. That was their first defeat, so it'd be interesting to see how they react to that. That's always. You talk about the first home win, but yeah. of the season in Bournemouth, also how you react to your first defeat of the season yeah. is also important. It would be interesting to see how that, that, that plays well, in. Conversely, I think Everton you know, had a. Yeah, they deserve to lose to City, and I think most sides are going to get beaten by City this season. But you've got to give credit to Everton, they've responded very positively to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it will be interesting, though, if, if Seamus isn't fit, who plays right back? Because obviously. They've got some pace out wide, you know. Uh, we're going to announce defenders, aren't we? So who, 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 who would play right back? Yeah. Don't know. I mean, probably Alan. Stones went right back, didn't he? Yeah. See, I'm not a fan of that. I'm, I'm not a fan of John Stones playing right back. The point is, we're, we're running out of defenders, aren't we? Mm. So who is there? Who is there to go with? Go I don't with. know whether he'd play Ty Brown in there. He might do. James McCarthy. Yeah. Even. <laughs> he could do a job, couldn't he? Yeah. I just, I'm not a fan of John Stone playing at right back. To be just honest, as I've seen it, I've witnessed it in a Merseyside derby, and we, yeah. we were lucky to get away with a four 0 defeat. To be honest, just think that likes to got likes of Montero players like that with bags of pace, yeah. as Phil yeah. says. I really hope Seamus, like the managers hinted, he might be all right for mm. Saturday. Let's really hope. I've, it been comes the, I've been kind of got the impression he won't be, but. Really? You know, with hamstrings, you know, it's just one of them. You don't take too many you risks don't. with it, I suppose. Evan and hamstring injuries, what's happening there? And you, man. <laughs> That's another podcast in <laughs> itself, isn't it? Well, it's in, I think, you know, you've had the saying on the way down yeah. to Phil, you know, we've got, you know, what is it, eight points from five games, but, you know, we've had a tough start to the season, haven't we? You mm. see the teams we've played, mm. uh, I'll be a couple of them at home. 
Uh, but you know, in terms of you know Southampton were top eight last year. Obviously, Chelsea, Man City, Tottenham, big clubs. You know, uh, Tottenham away. Yeah. You know, dare I say, promoted teams not sometimes the easiest opponents on the opening yeah. day. So we've had a you know I've had a you know tough start to the season fixture wise, and I think was you said eight points in five games. Was you taking that after at the start of the season? You know, when you when you sort of sort of sort of sift through it and look at the wins and the style of the two wins that have come, yeah. you'd probably go, yeah, maybe you'd be disappointed that we didn't get three wins with Watford. I don't know, yeah. but yeah. After the Watford game, you would have took a win if you're all day long. Yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well, looking at all the other teams that have, you know, suffered defeat. You know, obviously Chelsea probably not competing with them, um, but you know Liverpool haven't really been setting the world on fire either. Mm. Um, so eight points is a. It's not a great return, it's a good return and it's a solid return yeah. and I think it will, you know, should be able to kick on from and that. I think that's the point really, is, is that, when I mean, you say, is to, before you start talking about beating the upper limit of the Premier League, there's like that sort of mini-league below, isn't Definitely. it? Like, with, like Swansea, Everton, West Ham, yeah. probably Leicester at the moment. Palace, you know, there's a few. Palace, and, there, yeah. Yeah. and those fixtures are key to us. I mean, we've got to finish top of that, top of that yeah. league yeah, to yeah. sort of... Before you can say, well, actually, yeah. we can get into the top four or five. You've but got to make sure we be, be. It's a real challenge. I mean, yeah. taking aside your your Bournemouth who already look like you know they're, they're not going to be knocking around, although you know anything can change. Has the Premier League ever been stronger in that middle glut? No, no, no. no. no and it's the money, isn't it? It's the You've money. Some good, yeah, in the summer, yeah. big time. And there's some good managers there as well. Isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah. I think that's the thing as well. We um, haven't even mentioned though the likes of Stoke and Newcastle. They spent money and they're yeah. struggling. Yeah. You know, Everton were after Shakiri players that yeah. Newcastle and Stoke wanted. Yeah. Now they're going to but Stoke. I think that's the way it's going to go in the future, isn't it? Especially when the new TV deal comes in next season. Is that the clubs will benefit again? Will be the clubs in that middle strata. Yeah, of, definitely close that gap a little Premier bit. League, isn't it? Yeah. You know, next uh, whatever it is, thirty million. It's not going to make a great deal for Manchester United, but in the middle of the Premier League, that makes enormous amounts of money definitely. for you. You know, to, to deal with, and I think that's going to be the uh, interesting thing this season and the next couple of years. What happens in that group? Yeah. In the middle of the table, you know, how, how well they can challenge in the top top Surely three. Surely you'd four. think one or two of them clubs should be challenging for that top Absolutely. four, especially yeah, with the money. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. well, we're not actually not in that group we're sort of historically being in, group, yeah. you know yeah. being just below the top four but way ahead of the middle of the yeah, table yeah. I mean, they've closed the gap yeah. now, they? that was the thing with the Moyes it's like you know when we used to finish fifth under Moyes or sixth I always used to say look how many points you finished ahead of the club two places below us in the Premier League yeah. and it was always like 10 or 12 points mm-hmm. and I think We've now got been dragged back into that group again, really. Mm. Now we need we to make sure we get back, back, back in again. Could find that the point. season ends with like some of the lowest points tallies for per positions this season because yeah. everybody will be just taking points off each other. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Interesting. Great. We'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening and uh, keep on the Echo website for all the latest news, opinion, and analysis. <laughs> De Samsung S9 Plus. Voor een genadeloos lage prijs. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.